Ultrasound Gel Podcast. Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Ultrasound Gel Junior Podcast. We are very excited to have our awesome friends, Dr. Leanne McLean and Dr. Russ Horowitz here to discuss this newly published ultrasound article on everyone's favorite topic, fast scan. So we are reviewing the utility of focused assessment with sonography for trauma-enhanced physical examination in children's with blunt torso trauma. This is a recently published paper from the Academic Emergency Medicine Journal. Russ, can you give me some background? I'm ready to do this. I'm real excited. I'm really excited too, because when I first learned ultrasound, FAST was sort of one of the first things and sort of most important things that gets highlighted. And then some information came out in the pediatric literature saying that "Eh, it's really not that good. In contrast to adults, kids might not really need operations anymore. Really, what's really the benefit of FAST? And people continue to ask this question. I think this paper really addresses a question of can FAST in combination with some other features help us identify people who maybe we could spare the CT scan? And that's what I I hope kind of this crux, what I've taken away from this is kind of what we're talking about. And to make it really specific, the way they really address it is the idea of what specific things can we use to help identify disease? So they looked at a few things, physical exam, lab studies, and FAST to identify intra-abdominal injuries and blunt trauma in children. And they wanted to sort of see if the FAST itself or in combination with some of these other factors is valuable in assessing for intra-abdominal injury in children. So talking about the study design, this was a retrospective chart review of the site's trauma base and associated EMR data for each patient. Each case was reviewed by two independent expert reviewers using standard data abstraction document. This study site is an academic, urban, freestanding pediatric level one trauma center that the study started about the time that they started doing FAST scans. And this institution is really comfortable and has a lot of expertise with POCUS. They had a 20-month period that they looked at from 2013 to 2015. And it's a tertiary referral center that's staffed all by pediatric emergency medicine. When they were looking at their data, they had for the predictor variables, they used physical examination findings, the lab results from the ER, as well as the FAST scan. In order to define an abnormal physical exam, they used a priori the characteristics outlined by the Holmes 2013 study, which this paper, just as a side note, if you guys want like a good breadth of all the FAST literature you should know for peds, they cite pretty much every paper that you need to be aware of. Physical exam was considered positive in the study if any of those findings were recorded as positive and missing or omitted physical exams were considered negative. Referring to the Holmes papers, it's kind of what you would standardly expect. Outward findings of trauma, lacerations to the chest wall or abdomen, thoracic or abdominal tenderness, ecchymoses, etc. So kind of standard reasonable things that we all intrinsically do. Regarding labs, they used kind of the standard AST and ALT with cutoffs of 200 and 125 respectively, as well as a lipase of greater than 100. And for the outcome variables, they looked at CT scan findings and reports, the hospital course for the patients, and then procedures as well as final diagnosis determined by ICD-9 cones. 
For outcome measures, the primary outcome measure was presence of intra-abdominal injury in the patients, and the reference standard was determined to be CT scan, as well as the review of the record and the trauma database. Secondary was presence of intra-abdominal injury requiring intervention, which is super important to kind of throw back to what Ross was mentioning, which is that when we're measuring a FAST scan and determining its utility, we can't use OR as much anymore in kids, if we ever could. The reality is the vast majority of these kids, the biggest intervention they get is unit of blood or having to go to the ICU for serial hemoglobins. And so we have to kind of change our parameters. They defined their intra-abdominal injury with acute intervention group as any person who required blood transfusion for anemia resulting from hemorrhage, if they had surgery, an angiographic embolization, or interestingly, IV fluids for two or more nights in patients with pancreatic or GI injury. For data analysis, they used a univariate regression to evaluate each variable's association with identification of the intra-abdominal injury and then moved to multivariate logistic regression in order to further assess the association of each predictor with intra-abdominal injury. Goodness of fit was evaluated using the Hosmer-Lemshow test. Test characteristics were calculated using your conventional definitions. I thought it was really great for scans being performed that they actually used the clinicians who were actually treating and providing care to these patients because I think that's really much more reasonable about what reality is like in a PZR, but they did have study images overread by the ED ultrasound director asynchronously, and the agreement was measured with Cohen's Kappa coefficient for inter agreement. All providers had didactic training and hands-on instruction in this site that uses POCUS a lot. The scan included views of the right upper quadrant, the spleno-renal fossa, the long and short axis of the pelvis, as well as a cardiac subxiphoid view. And we could have a whole separate podcast about what are the best views but for you adult doctors out there, we really like to underline that the pelvis is the most sensitive view in FAST for pediatric patients. Something about the way the fluid flows and how those kids like to run around despite their big old liver lacks, your most positive view is not right upper quadrant. It's going to be the pelvis. Leanne, I would love you to break down the results for me because I think there's a lot of really good points to make. I'd be happy to. I think that one of the challenges with this paper is just the amount of results they present. There's really a lot of work that's gone into defining and describing the results of their study. So they had over a thousand patients in their trauma database and some were excluded due to being over the age of 18 or having had a penetrating injury. Of note, about 67% of the remaining patients did not have a FAST exam, so they wouldn't have been included in this XFAST subgroup analysis. Of the 354 patients that remained, 81% were admitted to the hospital, and 14% or 50 patients had some form of intra-abdominal injury, while 304 or 86% did not. So initially what they did was they did a univariate analysis, and they only did it on sort of the three segments that they continue to talk about in the paper. So looking at at FAST, looking at their physical exam, and looking at those abnormal liver enzymes, and looking at them in relationship to the identification of intra-abdominal injury in children with blunt torso trauma. Then they went on to do a multivariate regression model looking at the FAST, the physical exam, and the liver enzymes and found that only the positive FAST and physical exam continued to be significantly associated with intra-abdominal injury. And I think it's important here just to pause and recognize a few things. One, elevated liver enzymes may not exist in the context of other abdominal injuries like splenic injuries or pancreatic injuries or gastric injuries. Two, when we think about 
all of these things coming together and being incorporated, we want to really understand where they're coming from. And they don't really illustrate this in terms of deciding these factors for multivariate regression modeling. So when we look at the concept of XFAST, which is combining our physical examination findings and our FAST exam, and if either are positive, we consider that positive. In their study, there was increased sensitivity of XFAST compared to either alone. And again, we'll go back to this concept of remembering that the FAST is to detect free fluid. It's not to detect intra-abdominal injury, and we can still have intra-abdominal injury with a negative FAST. We all remember that. We think about that in particular around GI injury, where we may not see that abdominal free fluid. So recognizing some of those limitations, the initial XFAST sensitivity was 88%. The negative predictive value of the XFAST was 97.3%. Now, what I always like to do in studies like this is I like to look at the ones where there was a description. When we look at the test characteristics of XFAST, including the overread by the uh, ultrasound director, four studies that were initially read as negative by the bedside provider were interpreted as positive by the ultrasound expert. If we take that into consideration, then all of a sudden our sensitivity goes up to 96% and that negative predictive value moves to 99%. If we take that in the subgroup of patients that needed acute intervention, and again, as my colleagues have mentioned, you know, we really don't see a lot of acute intervention in our patients with intra-abdominal injury. We now have for those sicker patients requiring that intervention, a sensitivity of 100% and a negative predictive value of 100% in the context of using the XFAST to sort of look at that downstream effect. I will mention as well that they note that six patients had intra-abdominal injury that was not identified by XFAST, but none of them required acute intervention. All had some small amount of intraperitoneal fluid on CT scan, and this is the subgroup of pediatric patients we always sort of hang on, because if we're not doing any acute intervention, how valuable is determining that there is some amount of intraperitoneal fluid present on the CT? Obviously, there are some strengths in this study. I think what, what is really exciting about it is that it builds into this concept of the FAST being being used as part of your decision making in and around uh, your imaging, your surveillance, your admission criteria, and further care for your patient. And it's a good starting point to think about some of those quality improvement studies where you might be using FAST as part of a cluster of decision making tools that you're going to use to help inform further care. Having said that, there are some limitations as well. And I think anytime we're talking about FAST exams, we're going to get into the limitations that are intrinsic to FAST, especially FAST fast compared to a CT or OR that is delayed in time compared to that bedside assessment. One of the things that we talk about quite often is the fact that things can obviously progress and you might see additional evidence of free fluid or intra-abdominal injury as you move through the course of the patient. But the other thing that we've talked about as a group really is, you know, where are the lower specificity markings kind of coming from in, in this study? And I'm not sure that we have a clear idea in the FAST exam alone as to why the specificity is only 84%. But there's certainly some ideas that we have as a group that I think it's worth talking about and sharing with all of you. So one thing we kind of considered was that this institution has advanced POCUS users, and they are probably likely to pick up on even trace amounts of free fluid that in the setting of trauma would still indicate a positive FAST scan and you still need to comment on it. But the reality is, is the more we do this, we know that that might not actually have any clinical pertinence. They may have gotten into a car accident and they may have some trace-free fluid, but that does not an injury make. That perhaps could have decreased their specificity, which is frustrating 
because a lot of the studies that discuss FAST often like to go after the wide range of test characteristics. But this paper really did open the idea that you start to try to apply this in like a clinical decision tool or you apply it to the clinical decision tools that have already been published in order to crystallize how to take care of these pediatric patients and go down an algorithm. What do you think, Russ? So I like the idea that you introduced that you can use the information to help us and I, I hesitate the words of like high risk or low risk because they didn't categorize it in that way. But I think about those that are high probability or low probability of disease because I like to use the FAST exam to help me put people into different boxes. And this is very similar to kind of how I would practice. Somebody has physical findings that don't support intra-abdominal injury. Their labs are negative. So that's someone who may actually be a patient where we could do CT sparing techniques and limit their radiation exposure. I do have one other comment that kind of goes along with the lower specificity. And that is that in addition to sort of critiquing how good the FAST exam is, a lot of studies have sort of said that it actually kind of stinks because it's going to miss injury. And the most important thing that I think we all need to take away from FAST is that it's not intended to find injury. It's intended to find free fluid. And if the FAST exam has a certain threshold, it's not going to find small amounts of free fluid, but that's not what it's intended to do. This high sensitivity helps me start to say, these are some patients where we could spare their CT, spare the radiation, and maybe we take a different approach. Maybe they get observed in the emergency department. Maybe they get admitted to hospital for repeat serial abdominal exams. And the FAST now, for me, has it's brought it back to sort of how I like to practice medicine as a tool in my evaluation of the patients. One of the things I wish that they had included is the indeterminate FAST. I am somebody that does do this scan pretty frequently and often will call it indeterminate. I think with a with an empty bladder or a catheter that's been inserted, you really can't say positive or negative definitively. And I think that there is a real fear out there to say the word indeterminate. People feel like they have to land on positive or negative. And I really wish studies like this would include that subgroup because I think it's quite interesting to look at that population and sort of have a recognition that patient position or other factors could cause you to have a difficult to interpret scan. While we all crave these really simple algorithms to apply to our patients, reality is a lot muddier. I'd love to see also, and maybe they're saving some of this information, an evaluation of where they're finding the positive fasts to help reinforce that the little patients are different in terms of where that fluid collects. Because there's some background papers that talk about in young patients, just as you had mentioned before, that the pelvis is the great view. And I think the more evidence we have to reinforce it, the more it says to general practitioners in adults look here and in little people look here. Some other limitations to this study were really related to the retrospective nature. You had to have patients who got a FAST scan, but that may have led to sampling bias because 725 of the patients, or 67% in their trauma database, never got a FAST. And we don't know the reason for that. If I'm feeling real positive, it's because those patients were clinically determined not to need it, and they looked good, and they had no abdominal pain. Therefore, it really wasn't indicated. On the flip side, they could be nonverbal. They could be intubated. You, we just don't have a enough data. And so in theory, for future studies, I think prospectively enrolling would help. If you're deciding not to perform it, I would like to know why and the reasons. And then you can compare it to your results. And then you get a little more kind of teeth on it and you know how to apply. But maybe they then are sort of saying they're choosing not to do the fast because they kind of don't even think the person has an injury. But if we're doing the real study, then we got to include everybody. So take home points. In this single center retrospective review of a trauma database, 
The authors found that a negative fast and physical exam, which they characterized as an X-fast, had better test characteristics than either alone in identifying intra-abdominal injury in pediatric patients. Using this X-fast, you can aid in your workup, your disposition, as well as potentially limit CT scans in these patients that were really trying to limit radiation. They go over extensively a lot of the more recent clinical decision rules regarding CTs for trauma patients, and none of those studies really look at fast scan. This kind of opening the door to add fast scan to current prediction rules for intra-abdominal injury in order to maybe improve performance. What other take-homes did you guys get? I think it's a really elegant way of combining a lot of different factors and trying to find path to building out a a robust tool to help you in your decision making. I'm always a fan of these types of studies because I think they're trying to be creative in an application of technique and an application that is very sort of in its root created in a yes no environment and I I like to sit in the nuance and kind of explore that and so I'm really excited to see what this will launch in the future for them. I just really like the idea that it it helps people start to sort of say yeah your exam is okay your labs are okay and your fast is okay let's not CT these little people let's just save them the radiation. Well it's a good ending line from Dr. Russ Horowitz. Thank you very much for listening in to the Gel Junior podcast. We hope that you guys enjoyed. You can check us out at ultrasoundgel.org as well as on Twitter. See you soon. Bye. Bye, all. More. For sure. More. Gel. More. I'm going to make a t-shirt that I want to sit in the nuance, Leanne, and then I'm going to put your face on it.